Hello, I'm Neil Aitchison and welcome to Warwick Podcasts. The subject of this podcast is the educational achievement and progress of our children. And that's something I can vouch for as a parent is a subject of endless anxiety for parents and unending interest to educationalists. And what's of interest to everyone is the difference in progress between groups, especially ethnic groups and trying to identify why those differences occur and to rectify them so every child makes equal progress and has the same opportunities. I'm joined by an educationalist at Warwick, Dr Steve Strand from the Warwick Institute of Education, whose study throws a new light on this area and his report for the Department of Children, Schools and Families shows that it is white British children from less well-off backgrounds what is termed in the report working class, that make the least progress in secondary school uh, compared to any other ethnic group. And Steve, first of all, perhaps we can uh, start with just going through the findings and and, uh, what you found for the various ethnic groups. Okay, well this is a study that was funded by the Department for Children, Schools and Families and it was intended to find out and elucidate some of the factors that might account for differential progress um, between members of different ethnic groups. There's a lot of national data available from the national tests at 11, at 14, and from public examinations at 16, which shows quite substantial gaps between different ethnic minority groups. Um, But there's very little information collected which actually allows you to understand why some of those uh, gaps occur and and ultimately, you know, what we can do about them. So this is a large study of um, 15,000 young people followed uh, from the age of 11 through to 16. Uh, I'm looking particularly, as I say, at the factors that impacted on, on attainment. So one of the things that's very clear, first of all, is that certainly at 11 and uh, certainly at 14, black Caribbean pupils do particularly poorly, as do Pakistani, Bangladeshi uh, pupils, relative to um, the white British majority group. Um, one of the things that we found, though, is that that picture changes quite substantially between 14 and 16 when you factor in other factors such as social class. So what we find at 16 is that black Caribbean pupils, particularly boys, are still doing particularly poorly, but so are also working class white British pupils, those from, from um, homes where parents are either long term unemployed or in a, a manual occupation. I guess the the basic message is that you can't look at ethnic group differences without also considering social class differences and gender differences, and you have to take all three of these and look at them uh, together jointly. And your conclusion was that uh, it's actually white British pupils that actually made the least uh, progress in secondary school at that that sort of last stage there. In those last two years of secondary school, there's a, a, a big fall off in performance um, in terms of uh, examination results for white British working class pupils. There are a number of issues that, that underlie that and part of the uh, research has found that, that factors such as um, parents' educational aspirations for their children, um, children's own aspirations, their academic self-concept, how clever they think they are, all these factors are part of the decline that we see particularly in the achievement of that group. And just explain the the other sort of ethnic uh, groups then. Uh, I, I think sort of uh, Indian uh, pupils actually did quite well and, and sort of progressed ahead of uh, white British uh, pupils, is that right? And uh, 
Pakistani pupils did uh, almost as well as Indian pupils. And as you say, it was the sort of black uh, Caribbean pupils that did performed kind of worst of all. Is that kind of what you found? Um, yeah, I mean, there are um, important influences. I mean, ethnicity is, is one dimension, which is obviously socially very important, but probably more important are the social class differences. So we found that the, the gaps associated with ethnicity were quite large at 11 and 14, but got substantially smaller at 16. Um, the gaps associated with social class, though, are, are continuing and large and far outweigh any of the differences between ethnic groups. So one of the, one of the um, biggest findings, I guess, is that the, the gender differences are probably the smallest. The ethnic groups are next and the social class differences are even larger. Um, and that's kind of in inverse proportion, I suppose, to the attention that's given to these gaps, where gender gaps seem to have picked up. Yeah, a lot of a lot of focus, a lot of interest, but arguably they're the smallest gaps, and it's really the social class gap that uh, that more than any um, is the one that's been with us for for forty, fifty years in this country, and seems to be continuing uh, at a very large level. So just clarify a little bit then what you're saying about a sort of white British pupils. It's um, uh, it's not that they they go backwards. It's just they don't make the same progress relative to other uh, ethnic groups. It's, is that right? I guess what we have to start thinking about is not about white British as one large group. We have to differentiate in that, and and the the dimension that comes out from that is is the social class background. So actually, white British pupils from from upper and middle classes are doing exceptionally well and doing um, much better than than many of their peers. But at the same time, um, white British pupils from from working class backgrounds are actually falling behind quite radically. So um, it's not really uh, possible to talk about the effects of, of um, ethnicity independently of thinking about the effects of class because it's it's about the interplay between ethnicity and class that defines which groups are doing relatively well or, or relatively less well. But, but just to pick up on that point you're saying that they're falling behind that, um, that, that it's relative isn't it they're falling behind they are progressing but it's uh, relatively at a, at a lower rate or a lesser rate between those last two years compared to other other ethnic groups? So what we see is, um, as I say, social class is the biggest effect, but that's mediated by ethnicity or moderated by ethnicity. So what we tend to see is very high aspirations, um, both from the parents and from children themselves, a lot of homework being completed, um, and those kind of factors actually mean that um, the progress, particularly from, from most ethnic minority groups, except perhaps black Caribbean pupils, um, it's actually very strong, particularly in the last two years of school. So if you like, those factors account for the greater resilience of many ethnic minority groups to social disadvantage. The white British pupils, though, their aspirations are low, their academic self-concepts are low, they're largely disaffected, the curriculum isn't seen as being uh, reflecting um, what their needs are in terms of their aspirations for the workplace, whatever, and those pupils seem to go off the boil effectively and, and those pupils particularly tend to, um, uh, their performance tends to decline substantially in the, in the last two years. And you also sort of flag up in the report a sort of concern with the performance of Black Caribbean, Black African and, and Bangladeshi uh, pupils from a, from a higher sort of social background, the sort of group that you kind of might, one might expect would do well, but uh, the, there is a concern for that group as well, just sort of 
explain that? Absolutely. I mean, I think the, one of the things that's been picked up very strongly here is is the white working class pupils being one of the lowest performing groups, and that is an important finding, but that doesn't mean that actually that's the only dimension that's important here. What's also clear is that black Caribbean boys are also one of those lower performing groups, so we've got two focuses there. But over and above that, um, you know, I said that actually children from, from middle class and upper class homes are doing very well, but actually that's not the case for black Caribbean and actually black African pupils as well. So um, even though those students have, um, on average, very high aspirations, high academic self-concept, do a lot of homework, they're not actually getting the same return that the more advantaged white British pupils are. So there is a, an, an ethnic dimension to, to an interaction between ethnicity and social class there. So uh, in terms of the groups that are concerned to us, yes, um, work, white British working class pupils and black Caribbean boys are an issue uh, in terms of uh, the lower social, social class groupings, but also actually the underachievement of, of um, black uh, boys and girls from more advantaged homes is also an issue. And why is this then? Why do you think that uh, those what white British families uh, and black Caribbeans don't do as well and uh, they, uh, the, the, the black African and black Caribbeans and sort of higher, higher groups uh, tend to sort of go off the boil. What, what are the reasons for this? Well, like any complex social phenomena, there'll be complex and many reasons. Um, so I think the, the idea that there is actually one reason or that one can clearly elucidate a single reason is, 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 uh, is unlikely to be the case. And there's probably a, a kind of vicious circle here related to maybe low expectations on the part of the schools of some students and the students actually may be living up to those expectations and that reinforcing the expectations and there's a, a, a an amplified circle of, of low achievement. So there are factors like the curriculum. A lot of pupils say that the curriculum isn't relevant to what they want to do when they leave school. Uh, currently at uh, 16, there's another issue there, of course, about raising the school age to 18. Um, but there are curriculum issues. You know, the, 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 the curriculum needs to be seen as relevant and meaningful and purposeful for, for children, and it often isn't to working class kids in particular. But also the schools, you know, there are, uh, there's no evidence here that um, the ethnic group differences vary by school, but there are some uh, indications that actually overall teacher expectations tend to be lower for black Caribbean pupils in particular. Um, and there is an issue, we've, there's been an issue for many, many years, 40 years since the Swan Report um, highlighted the low performance of black Caribbean pupils. And there seems to be a, some um, evidence um, from an earlier part of this, of this research that teacher expectations are in fact lower for black Caribbean students. So there, there, there are a number of dimensions that all need to be um, worked into a comprehensive explanation. And you pick up in the report some very sort of particular sort of causes of this like uh, homework and uh, like uh, access to PCs and just just explain mm. some of the, the the causes that you outline in the report there. We've got a, um, very detailed information collected from interviewing um, all these students and their parents or guardians so there's an awful lot of data there uh, and many factors did seem to be strongly related to progress and some of those were related to um, kind of educational support in the home um, providing a computer, um, support for homework, um, a, a, a quiet space um, in which homework could, could be completed, those kind of factors. But also other factors um, that were very that were very strongly related were things like aspirations, whether children intended to, um, or young people intended to um, continue in education after 16, or go on to university, whether their parents actually had those aspirations for their children as well. And those aspirations were very high in the ethnic minority groups, um, particularly the, the Indian 
Pakistani Bangladeshi groups um, who who are those that also make um, the, the greatest progress overall um, so those those kind of factors are all I impacted there and also academic self-concept was important so how how good you thought you were at schoolwork how good you thought you were at learning so they, they those all combine to give a, a sense that particularly for working class pupils there's an increasing sense of disaffection with school school isn't relevant school isn't teaching them anything they need to know and the one single factor that you identify was a completion of homework. Um, that was one factor. It wasn't the most important factor. The, the, the strongest factors were pupils' and parents' educational aspirations, whether they actually wanted their children to continue in education after 16 and go on to college, and the child's own academic self-concept, how good they felt they were. But over and above that, there were some other factors, and frequency of completing homework was, was one of them. So children who completed homework more often on more evenings a week tended to make greater progress and have higher attainment. And the, the, the point about sort of having access to PCs as well? Yeah, where there was a computer available in the home for the child to use was also associated with uh, greater progress, as was whether the parents purchased additional educational uh, tuition for their children, not in uh, learning an instrument or whatever, but actually in, in subjects that are taught in the school as well, and that was associated with greater progress as well. And one of the other factors was whether parents knew the whereabouts of their children. The other parental factors that were important were, were those kind of monitoring aspects, if parents knew where their children were when they were out, if they quarrelled frequently with their children, that had a negative impact on progress. So there are some sort of family dynamics. But a lot of these factors, um, many ethnic minority groups uh, score very strongly on them. You know, their parents are very involved with the schools, they have extremely high aspirations for their children, and they provide a lot of support with homework, whatever, and yet they don't necessarily get the return on that that white British pupils do. So there are systemic issues still about um, underachievement related to ethnicity, but as I say, it's this intersection of ethnicity and class that's important. So you can still have some segments of the white British group, uh, ethnic group, who actually don't do very well, and that's the white British working class people. So you do have issues about uh, particularly black Caribbean and white British working class pupils. Uh, and why do you think it, white British pupils are sort of particularly affected by these, these factors? I think you say in the report that uh, uh, some of these sort of factors are, are kind of uh, a symptom of class, really, aren't they? That, uh, uh, and that uh, all ethnic groups in sort of a lower class group are affected by these factors, but it seems to be that uh, white British pupils are affected more certainly at this age. Mm. Why is that then? Uh, well, I think white British working class peoples um, do particularly poorly be because uh, there's a contrast, I suppose, with the, with the majority white British group who are, who are relatively affluent. I mean, you have to remember that actually this is also controlled for parental income, maternal education, a whole load of uh, social factors. So we use white working class as a, as a, short, uh, as a short term for for you know, living in poverty, um, having manual occupation, um, mothers with, with no educational qualifications, uh, and so on. Um, and that, that, that contrast is particularly strong for the white British group because there, is, there are so many very, very affluent families as well as uh, extremely poor families, whereas um, most minority ethnic groups tend not to have quite the same range because they, they, they're maybe not some 
economically um, as successful. So I suppose the gap looks bigger for white British peoples because of this, this big contrast effect. And they become disaffected. Yeah, I mean, I think the, the, the aspirations is, is, is an interesting one, but it seems particularly that, that um, uh, for this particular group of white British pupils, yeah, their aspirations are a, a central, central part of that, and they don't see the relevance of the curriculum, they don't see what schools are offering them. Uh, but maybe, maybe I mean, there's, there's, there are different ways of looking at educational aspirations, and one is as a sort of, you know, an individual motivating sort of uh, force, I suppose, that people uh, energises people. But there may also be cases, I suppose, that um, white British pupils don't aspire to go on to higher education because they expect to walk into, into work and jobs like their fathers did and, and, and their mothers did. And when they left school at, uh, well, sometimes left school at 14, obviously, going back that many years. So maybe the aspir aspirations is actually that, that, that um, those kids see or value things differently from education. What they want is work, um, real work, as they see it, not schoolwork. Um, and they want to earn money and what have you. And therefore, they don't see school as a relevant place for them. What's happening with Indian and Pakistani peoples then? Because they seem to be progressing better than white British uh, peoples, making the sort of best progress. Uh, at this stage, uh, what what are they sort of doing right or differently, or what's mm. happening differently in that group? Then, well, I think that's one of the, the things that, that that we can learn from from this research is what is it about many ethnic minority groups that seems to to moderate the effect of social disadvantage so strongly? So, um, why do you know Indian, Pakistani, Bangladeshi, Black African pupils from um, from the disadvantaged backgrounds actually make such good progress? And I think a key part of that is this aspirational culture. Um, it's uh, sometimes been described as the the immigrant paradigm because a lot of these these um, students are actually from families um, who have recently arrived in the country. Um, and I think there it's the it's the it's the energising um, force of actually wanting to improve your lifestyle, improve the lifestyle of your children, the life chances of your children. That's a really key factor. So there are other factors around that, such as you know um, support for learning, home home um, computers, and all those kind of factors. But I think the overall thing is this high aspiration for improvement and, and success through education. Whereas I think with more established groups in the country, with white working class peoples and, and black working class peoples, there's um, um, less of that um, push really on education as a route to improvement. And is there any way to quantify what the effect of this is on the, the various sort of ethnic groups uh, in terms of their progress? Well, as I say, the three lowest performing groups at the age 16 are white British boys and girls um, from, from socially deprived backgrounds and black Caribbean boys from socially deprived backgrounds. So that, in terms of their attainment, I mean, around about 15% of those pupils achieve five or more A stars to see, including English and maths, um, whereas the national average is about 50%. Um, and white British pupils from um, more advantaged backgrounds that, that can go up to about sort of 60, 65 percent. So that's the kind of nature of the gap we're, we're talking about at age 16. Uh, and what's your conclusion then on what should or what can be done to kind of rectify some of these differences? I guess one, one of the main conclusions has got to be uh, we need to look um, very carefully at the nature of the curriculum at Key Stage 4, which last two years of secondary school. Um, and I think the government's 14 to 19 reforms are doing that. We have to look at the relevance of it, the, the perceived relevance of it to, to the students and see what it's um, why a very large group of pupils are not actually engaging with it and why it doesn't seem to be relevant to them. We also need to raise 
social class up, up the, the, the agenda. So, as I said earlier, there's been a lot of focus on gender differences, been a lot of focus on ethnic differences, but the overriding factor uh, behind low educational attainment is related to social class, and that needs to be brought brought out from the closet, which is covered from where it's where it's been really, um, and actually um, subjected to much more detailed policy initiatives in relation to that. What sort of particular things can be that done to help that uh, more deprived social class groups then? In particular, there's no easy solution to any of these problems. They're long-standing and um, you know, and have been around for a long time. That doesn't mean actually that there's nothing we can do about them, but actually we shouldn't expect any any magic quick fixes. One of the things that is uh, important is maybe not just to focus on secondary school. A lot of these issues probably are about the wider neighbourhood and the context, uh, and about children much earlier uh, in their lives. So, initiatives like the Sure Start initiative, which looks at um, not to five uh, and what we can do in very much in the early years and and work I've done earlier suggested that's really a key a key area to 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 invest in and the short start program I think has been been one of those examples but at the same time we do also need to look very clearly at the at the last two years in particular um, and um, focus on on the as I said the relevance and the appropriateness of the curriculum at that age. And finally, what would your message be to the parents then that are obviously very sort of anxious about this whole sort of area? Uh, Maybe the one thing is to get your children to complete their homework, maybe. I think there are a number of issues. One one of them is obviously about parents supporting uh, their children's learning, uh, understanding what the school is about. There's also definitely a role for, for more advocacy work because I think a lot of parents have traditionally seen the school as the place where learning happens and, 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 and not really involved themselves uh, very actively in that. And that sometimes means actually they don't understand the system and the way the system works. And actually that can play out to the disadvantage. So there are particular uh, issues raised in the report, for example, about teacher expectations and tiered entries to examinations. And actually parents need to be um, advised appropriately about how they can look after the interests of their students at school. Mm